this morning, I, I just want to share for you, uh, um, uh, share with you a message for just a little bit today. And uh, I, I have a, I have a dedicated t- amount of time. And here's what it is: it's when the Lord says you're done, you're done. That's when I'm done. Amen. So, so don't worry. The sun will be out. The photo wall's out there. You can still take a picture. There's Easter eggs going to be out there. Don't worry about that. Amen. But this morning, I want to share a message with you entitled, I've Got to Tell You. Look at your neighbor. Say, i got to tell you. i got to tell you. You say, Pastor, I don't even know them. Okay, well, maybe look at your other neighbor. Say, i got to tell you. i got to tell you. I want to read a couple of scriptures this morning. A couple of scriptures. The first scriptures in Philippians chapter 3, verses 9 through 10. And then we're going to go into John. And then we'll pray. Philippians 3, 9 and 10 says, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. The Bible says... On into the verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. And we're going to read John chapter 19, verses 38 through 41. It says, and after this, this being after the death of Jesus on the cross, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus secretly for fear of the Jews he besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus and he took the body of Jesus and there also came Nicodemus who brought with him myrrh and aloes about a hundred pounds in weight and they took the body of Jesus wound it in linen clothes cloths and with spices in the manner of the Jews to bury Now the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden was a new sepulcher where no man had ever laid. Look at your neighbor and say, i got to tell you. Let's pray. Father, I'm thankful for this morning. Thank you for every life that is in here. We thank you for every child that's in the nursery, every child that's in the kids' church, every teen that is in their class, and everyone that is watching online. And for those that are in this building, Father, we are thankful. We're thankful that we are in a place that you're able to touch us. We're thankful, Father, that today we believe you're going to move with the power of your spirit through your word. Lord, I pray, God, open hearts and minds and ears to receive this message, not because of I'm preaching it, but because Father, I believe this is what this people needs today on this Resurrection Sunday. Lord, I pray you would do it. We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. This morning, the greatest story ever told. Greatest story that's ever been written. No movie director could have done it. No author could have told it. No storyteller could tell it better. One of a Savior that loved us so much that he died for our sins. He bore our burdens. He suffered our stripes to save us. Is anybody thankful for that today? See, I, I know 
I'm, I'm going to say this. I know that, that the, the movie, The Passion of the Christ, I think we should, if you've never seen the movie, you should see it. And, and if you don't watch it regularly, once a year at least, you should watch it. And you say, Pastor, I, that's, that's gruesome, that's ugly, that's mean, that's nasty. Can I tell you the depiction in that movie is nothing close to what Jesus endured. But I'm thankful that he took the stripes on his back. I'm thankful that he went to the cross for me. It's Resurrection Sunday. It's the day we commemorate and celebrate the living Lord and risen Savior. How many know he's alive this morning? He's alive today, amen? But I'm going to tell you, had the resurrection not taken place, he would be in the same spot as Buddha, as Muhammad, as Krishna. But because early on resurrection Sunday morning and the stone was rolled away and he rose out of the grave, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. We can celebrate resurrection today. As Jesus took his last breath on the cross on Golgotha's hill, when he hung his head and said, it is finished, the dreams and the hopes of those that were following him, that were family to him, that were friend to him, their hopes and dreams seemed finished now, it's easy for us to sit back and go, well, we, we, he, but he's going to come back. How many know, listen, I really like Cobra Kai. Anybody know what Cobra Kai is? Okay, two people. Lord Jesus, that was the wrong thing to say. <laughs> Cobra Kai is a, is a is, remember Karate Kid back in the 80s? Does anybody remember that? Okay, okay, some, some of you, like, some of you are like, I don't even remember the 80s. Okay. Karate Kid was a movie in the 80s, and, and Mr. Miyagi and Daniel's son, this is not in my notes. I'm way off track. I'm trying to hurry. They, 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 he's a karate champion, and they have two, three, and four, and five, and it's almost like the Rocky movies. The longer they go, the worse they get. Amen. Except for number four was really good in Rocky. But anyway. They started this new series called Cobra Kai, and it's got the, the good guy and the bad guy, and they keep having these seasons on Netflix. And, and, and literally, Allie, my, my youngest daughter and I, we, we binge-watched a series like over a, a, a three-day period. And that's, that's not good, but it was fun. But what happens is they end the series in that, that, that time, that season, and they never say for sure if they're going to start another season. I would like to know if they're going to start another season. It's easy for us today to say, well, we know Jesus was going to return. We know there was another season that was going to happen. But at that moment, the Messiah that the people had understood would be one that would live and reign forever, not one that would come and die. I'm thankful this morning that God works beyond our minds and our hearts and our thoughts. I'm, I'm thankful today because his ways are higher than ours, thank God. But Jesus was not just a friend. He was their future. He was not just a man. He was their Messiah that they had searched for. And as he hung his head on the cross, their dreams died too. It was over. Their hope was over. And as they took the lifeless body of Jesus and they placed the body of Jesus they placed the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, in a garden tomb. Isn't that appropriate? 
And as they buried Jesus in the tomb, every follower of Jesus, their hopes were buried with him too. Have you ever been to a place where your hopes are completely shattered? Have you ever been to the place where your dreams are destroyed and your future is laying at the wrong threshold, the wrong side of the threshold of death's door? Anybody ever been there before? I know, I know it's Easter Sunday and we're all looking nice and everybody's, you know, we, we, we just, we got to be all right and proper. But I'm going to tell you this morning, we're just going to be real today. I don't need you to put on a religious face and a smile and a jacket and a nice dress and pretty hair and everything look good and, and everything not be all right. I'd rather you just be real today. That's what you can get from me. I believe this morning that in this house there are people that are living in a hopeless situation that are unable to dream because of the trauma of life, thinking there's no real future, just doing life but not living life. They're like empty shells. Now, this morning, I need three volunteers. Three volunteers. I, I need, all right, uh, Deb, and yeah, come on up here, man. And, and Bert, come on. Now, all right, stay, it's just right there in front. That's good. All right, face everybody, let them see y'all. All right. Now, I have, I have three Easter eggs. Now, if they were real eggs, I'd be auctioning them off. But I have three eggs. Talk about empty shells. You can choose one egg. And you know what? I'm going to go to this dude down here. Because he looked pretty excited. Okay. All right, you ready? Now, here's the deal. You're going you're gonna to take the egg, but you can't do anything with it until I say open it. Okay? You sure? You got it. Okay, which one do you want? Just tell me the color. Pink. What color do you want? Purple. What color do you want? That's right. If he said another color, listen, no joking aside, he might have been colorblind. Like, I don't know. Amen. Okay. And, and, and my, my son-in-law is. Okay. Now, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. If you, when I say three, you're going to open your egg. If your egg has something in it, I want you to be excited. Like, not be like, okay. I want you to be excited. If your egg doesn't have anything in it, though, I want you to just be disappointed. Just, okay. On the count of three, we're going to take, take a poll, see who thinks going to get something. Just, just simply raise your hand very quickly if you think the pink egg has something in it. Okay. Y'all are praying. Does, does anybody think the is it purple? Purple egg has something in it. Anybody think that blue egg has something in it? You do. You think the blue egg's got something in it. <laughs> you know, you know what? Here, let me have this egg. Hey, man, here you go. He has faith. There's something in it. Okay. <laughs> On the count of three, open them up. One, two, three. I don't know what happened. I mean, how many is glad God is a God of second chances? Hold on. Sometimes we pick the wrong thing, and we find it going to be empty, but God gives us a second chance and fills our life with something good, even though we didn't select it the first time. Give our folks a hand this morning. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. Take the, yeah, keep here. I need those eggs. They are costly. Amen. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. 
Thank you. You should see that plastic chicken that laid those eggs. Amen. But we walk around as empty shells. Many walk around as empty shells. But I have good news this morning. I've got to tell you, there is no dream, there is no desire, there is no situation, there is no hope so dead that the resurrection power of Jesus cannot cause it to live again. I, I'm thankful today, i got to tell you, got to tell you. If we look at verse 10 in Philippians, it says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. How many believe this morning that we can know Christ? We can know Christ. And so if that be the case, and I agree with you, if that's the case, then we also must be able to know the power of his resurrection. If it says to know him and the power of his resurrection. If that's the case this morning, then we can truly know the power of his resurrection as well. Many will say, yes, Pastor Steve, I know we can know the power of his resurrection when the Lord returns to this earth. But I have news. I have a question, actually, more than anything. Will we need our dreams to be resurrected when he comes back? No. Will we need our hope to be resurrected when he comes back? No. Will we need our future to be revived when he comes back? No. Somebody in the house, can you agree that I may not need it tomorrow, but I need his resurrection today? I, I don't know about next week, but I know right now I need it this moment. There's power in his resurrection. Anybody need your dreams to live again. Anybody need your hopes to live again. Anybody need your marriage to live again. Need your health to live again. Need your finances to live again. You say, Pastor, I thought we were talking about resurrection. I'm telling you that nothing is so dead that God cannot bring resurrection life to it. If after the three-day dead body of Jesus the laid in a tomb with no heart pumping blood and no oxygen in the lungs and no pulse being present. On early the third morning, his heart began to beat, the blood began to flow in the veins, and the oxygen began to fill the lungs. I have to tell you, if God can do that and Jesus can raise from the dead, I'm confident today that your dreams can live again. I'm confident today your hopes can live again. I'm confident today that there's resurrection in him. Martha, Martha, the sister of Lazarus. Lazarus was dead, and Jesus comes to the grave, and, and Martha says, Lord, I know that my brother's going to live again. I know he will at the resurrection of the dead. I know he will at the resurrection of the dead. We keep living in someday when God is trying to give you a two-day. I'm going to say that again. I said we keep living in someday when God's trying to give you a two-day. Many are saying, someday I'm going to be healed. Someday I'm going to be blessed. Someday I'm going to get committed to Jesus. Someday I'm going to hope again. Someday I'm going to dream again. Can I tell you, look at your neighbor and say, quit saying someday. Start saying two-day. Jesus tells Martha, after she says this, he says, wait, 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 wait. He said, 
I got to tell you something. I got to tell you. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. In another scripture, Jesus tells his disciples, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is nothing dead that can be associated with Jesus. He is life. Anything that he touches, there has to be life. I was going to ask if anybody had a book of matches, but I don't even know if those are real anymore. But we got boxes of them. But if you've ever touched fire, I mentioned a little bit last week, but if you've ever touched fire, there is a reaction. Most people don't just go, oh, that feels nice. Not saying warming by a fire, I'm saying putting your hand in a fire. There's a reaction, there's a response, and any time something comes in contact with Jesus, there's a response. It may seem dead until the power of the resurrection of Jesus comes in contact with it. And when the resurrection power of Christ comes in contact, that dream that was dead, that hope that was past, that future that seemed finished, that thing that was buried, the power will bring life back to it, and that which you thought was dead will live again. Look at your neighbor say, it will live again. I have to tell you, I have to tell you, the same power the Bible says Not Pastor Steve says, the Bible says, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that is available to you and I as believers. That tells me this, if Jesus was raised from the dead on the third day, that tells me that every dream that I have that may seem dead can live again. That tells me the future that seems hopeless can live again. That tells me the fears that I have that may something not happen. God can turn it around and make it live again. Everyone else, listen, has anybody ever called somebody and you tell them this really big, amazing, awesome news and they go, oh. And you're like, no, 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 no. Did you hear what I said? And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's good. And part of you wants to hang up on them. And the other part of you wants to put your hand through the phone and give them a handshake. You thought I was going to say, no, I wouldn't say, no, look at you all. Get saved. All right. And, but you're like, man, I, I just told them some amazing news. And they don't care. Because here's what I found. People love you. People care. But nobody cares about a situation that's destitute and dire like you when it's in your life. Everyone else may see the situation as dead. I'm imagining people as they go past the tomb where Jesus was at. And they say, there's that dead Jesus. There's that dead guy that kept saying he was the king of the Jews. There's the dead guy that kept saying he was the Messiah. There's the dead guy that did all these miracles, but he's dead. He's done. It's over. Everybody else sees your situation as the same. It is in the tomb. It is over. The marriage is over. The hopes are over. The dreams are done. There is no good there is no life in it but hear me this morning you're probably just in a three day waiting period 
Because Friday was brutal when Jesus was crucified and crucified and beaten on the cross. Friday was brutal. Somebody say it was brutal. It was brutal. But I'm going to tell you, Saturday was silent as well when there was no movement from the tomb. Today you may be in a, in a Friday situation because of the trauma that you're dealing with. And it's brutal. It feels like you can't make it. You may be in this, this deafening silence of Saturday where there is no movement. But this morning I'm convinced as ever that just like 2,000 years ago there's a sound coming from the tomb of a stone being rolled back and there is now life in the place where there was death. I'm hurrying today. I'm hurrying. Scripture, let me ask you this. Remember I asked you about who your number one contact was. Anybody have any famous people contacts? Like famous. Here's what's cool. If you ask a little three-year-old or a five-year-old or an eight-year-old, who, who's, you got famous contact? Well, yeah, I got my mom and my dad. You ask a teenager, you have any famous contacts? No. Little boy, I'm going to share this is so good. He's not in here now, so I can tell on him. Little boy, Wednesday night, he come in, he was disappointed. He was heartbroken. His number one contact his girlfriend, oh, she moved away. She moved, and he was, he was hurt. He's like, we talk all the time. His brother's making fun of him. She left. She moved. He's like, shut up. And uh, I, of course, said, you know what, what every good person would say. I said, well, buddy, look at it this way. You weren't married yet. And I said, think of all the other girls now you get to talk to. You know what he said? He said, I don't want to talk to other girls. I want to talk to her. That was his number one contact till next week when another girl catches his eye. Amen? But it worked really well for the message. But we all have that one contact, that one person that we call when something big happens. I got to tell you, Scripture tells us this morning, that when Jesus rose out of the grave, that he revealed himself to a person in the garden. He did not reveal himself to his disciples. Not first. I'm talking about the first person. He didn't do like you and I would have done. Let's be real. I just got crucified, beaten, battered, and bruised, plucked out, my, my beard plucked out, and spit on my face. Probably the first thing I want to do is I want to get up out of the grave and I want to go to the people that didn't be like, boom, now what? I'm here, right? And then watch them run. But he didn't, he didn't do that. He didn't go to the religious people. He, he didn't go to the crowd that yelled crucify him. He didn't go to, to, to his disciples and to his buddies. He didn't go to his mother. The fact is he revealed himself to the very first person, and her name was Mary Magdalene. Mary, who he had cast seven demons out of. Mary, who had been a former prostitute. Mary, who was a sinner. Mary, who was not preferred in society. Got quiet. That's all right. I don't know uh, about you, but I don't believe it was chance this morning that Jesus revealed himself to Mary as the first person. 
When he come out of the grave, I believe it was on purpose because he wanted to let everybody know, no matter how messed up you are, no matter how flawed you are, no matter how dead in your sins you may have been, no matter the road that you walk, no matter the path that you traveled, I want you to know that I am the resurrection in life and I'm not selective in who I'm coming to. I'm coming for everybody, but on purpose I'm coming for you, Mary. Jesus said, hey, Mary, I got to tell you, I'm alive. This morning I want to tell you he's alive. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Dylan, can you come up here, please? He's going to play. I just want Dylan to play. That's a sign that I'm getting close to closing. Some of y'all are thinking, oh, my goodness. Here's the thing. Jesus comes out of the tomb, and he reveals himself to Mary. When Jesus first spoke to Mary at the tomb, she was so caught up in defeat, in despair, in depression, that she did not even recognize who Jesus was. The Bible says she thought it was the gardener. And she says, if, if you took him, please tell me where you put him. But then Jesus called her by name. And he said, Mary. And she turned and looked and said, Rabbi, which means teacher. Huh. The resurrection power of God is an amazing thing. Even more amazing is how God can take a messed up person like me. A flawed person that has failed time and time again. A person who had no hope, uh, one that, that felt like on my own I had no value to God. But yet He loved me. And He called my name. I don't know about you, I've been in places where it seemed hopeless. I've been in places where that the days were dark. I've been in places where I could not look out. In fact, if I wanted to look out, I'd have to crawl up the bottom of my sock to look out the top of my sock. I was that low. It was low. I was hopeless. But he called my name. say, I like the resurrection power part. I like the part where he makes our dreams live again, where he lets our hopes live again, where he lets our future live again, where he, he does, I like that part. And I do too. But it says first that I may know him and then connecting to the power of his resurrection. Today, this morning, we will never be able to understand the power of his resurrection without first knowing him. Many desire to know the power of his resurrection, but they have no desire to know him. Today, this morning, I am convinced 
as convinced as I am at 4 o'clock this morning when I woke up. Not because I had to, not because my alarm went off, not because there was a storm out, but because something in my spirit woke me up and said, I'm calling them by name. Listen, this morning, this isn't Pastor Steve calling you. You say, why would he call me by name? Because he wants you to recognize who he is so that he can bring resurrection power into your life. Here's the, what we're going to do this morning. I'm going to ask if you would stand all over the house. All over the house today. And many of us know him. Many of us know who he is. Many of us know Jesus. Many of us know him. But here's the thing today. You don't know the power of his resurrection because like Mary, you're stuck in despair. Like Mary, you're stuck in defeat. Like Mary, you're stuck in hopelessness. Like Mary, you're stuck in the place of depression. Like Mary, you're stuck. And you don't even recognize Jesus is calling you. I got to tell you, I've got to tell you, he's calling your name today. He's calling your name. And this morning, in this building, please, nobody going in or out for just a few moments. I believe with everything in me that some people in this building, and this is not, please understand, this is not an emotional plea to get you to come to an altar. This is about a God that loves you enough to send His Son Jesus to die on a cross three days later to rise from the grave for you and that same Jesus is calling your name today he called Mary's name on purpose and he's calling your name on purpose this morning this morning we're getting ready to sing a song and as we do I want you to do me a favor if you're in this building and maybe you don't know him and you want to know him these altars are open Maybe you are in despair, you're distraught, you are in a place where you can't even recognize him and you need to see the power of his resurrection. If that's you this morning, I want you to come as well. We're going to sing this and you say, Pastor, I don't want to come. I don't want to do this by myself. It's, it's kind of, you know, it's already challenging sometimes to come to a church and I get it. Listen, I totally understand, but I promise you today, if you do me a favor, if you say, I want to come, and before you come, won't you grab the hand of your neighbor say, will you come pray with me? They're going to come with you, and we're going to be here to meet you at this altar. You say, well, pastor, I'm good. Everything's good. I know him. I know the power of his resurrection. Then I need you to start praying right now because God is dealing with hearts and lives in this house right now. He is calling the name of your neighbor. He is calling your name. He is calling you today by name. As we sing this song, these altars are open. Don't miss the moment of him calling your name. You thought I was worth saving. So 